So your students aren't listening to you and you've tried all the things. Well, in part two of this series, I'm gonna walk you through how to get your students to be better with following directions by having different areas in your classroom set up. So let's dive right in. Hey, teacher bestie. My name's Helena and I'm the creator of the Present Teacher Podcast. I'm a first year teacher coach. And in this podcast, you are gonna learn everything from simple, actionable classroom management, social emotional learning, and teacher wellness strategies. You know that impact you wanna make in the classroom? Well, we're gonna make it happen here. So it was junior year of my high school year of high school. And a little bit about me, I'm a bit of a nerd and I finished two credits short of two years of college and high school. Anyways, I was taking a psychology class during my junior year and this class immediately had me hooked because I loved learning more about different personalities and why people acted the way they did. In class, we learned about something called the associative memory technique. According to Google, the definition of the associative memory technique is when you connect the new information you want to remember with existing information that you already know. Fascinated by this technique and quickly realized that the way you study is how you will do well in your exam. And that reminded me of my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Lind. In fourth grade, my teacher, Mr. Lind, would give us a piece of gum and he would play classical music whenever we started studying for a test. Later on, when he gave that same test that we were reviewing for, he would often, once again, give us a piece of gum and listen to that same classical music playlist we listened to while we were studying. Little did I know my fourth grade teacher was using the associative memory strategy on us. You see, this wasn't the only time that the associative memory strategy came up in my life. When I was five years old, I started playing soccer. Well, my freshman year of high school, I fell and had a complete tear in my meniscus and ACL. I ended up having surgery that season and was out for the rest of the season. But that next year, I wanted to try out again for the soccer team despite my my injury. Part of tryouts was running a specific two-mile loop around a middle school in my hometown in less than 20 minutes. In order to accomplish this, I played one of my favorite songs, which was Try by Pink, and I knew that I had to run a specific length of that two-mile loop before the end of the song in order to hit the mark and make it under the 20 minutes. Every day leading up to the tryouts, I would play that song on repeat and I would practice over and over again, landing, making sure that I hit the two-mile mark before the 20 minutes were up. And great news was, I not only made it, but I also had time to go back from in my tryouts to help the other girls who are also trying out. You might be wondering, what does all this have to do with different areas in your classroom? Well, you see, by using the associative property, you can get your students to better listen to you. So let me explain. Let's say that in your classroom, you have whole group learning, independent learning, and group learning or group work. Well, if you have those different things, I highly recommend you set up a specific area when you do your whole group learning and a specific area for your students to independently work and a different area for your students to work in a group. 
Now, you might be wondering, why does this matter? Well, when you have different areas in your classroom, you have different roles and different procedures and expectations that your students are expected to follow, aka the associative memory technique. Let's say you are in an elementary classroom and you decide that you want to have a whole group area in front of your whiteboard or your smart board in the front of the classroom where your students can come together and listen to you when you teach them one on many. On the first day of school, when you introduce this area, you're going to have different procedures that you expect class to follow when they're listening to you while you're teaching whole group. For example, you can introduce that this is our whole group area, and when we're here, we sit crisscross applesauce apples in our basket or a mermaid, our hands are in our lap, our eyes are on the speaker, and we raise our hand when we have something to say. You see, that might be very different than when you want your students to work independently in their independent work area. So you might be wondering, how can I use this? What different areas should I set up in your classroom? Well, here are the different areas I recommend that you set up in your classroom using the associative memory strategy. The first one being your whole group area. I typically like to put mine in the front of the classroom or near my smart board. That way my students can gather together and look up at the board whenever I'm projecting something or covering something whole group. The second thing place that I highly recommend you set up is your small group area. Typically, I like to have this complete opposite of the whole group area or the independent work area. But this is where you're going to pull your kids for small groups or where they're going to work together in a group to accomplish a project or an assignment. The third place I highly recommend you set up is your independent area. This is where your students are going to work independently by themselves without any assistance. I've seen teachers go as far as using the associative memory technique for different subjects. So if you have two different carpets in your classroom, like I did in my kindergarten classroom, you might have one area for reading and one area for teaching math. As you lay these different areas out in your classroom, take some time to ask yourself, what are the different roles and procedures for each of these areas? And don't forget to take some time to practice and explain these different procedures based on where your students are in the room. And I highly recommend a bonus tip that you put visuals in these areas to help remind your students what the expectations are. By using the associative memory technique, you are helping students better understand expectations and become better listeners by understanding what the expectations are throughout the classroom. If you found this helpful, make sure to give it a like and subscribe for part three of this series. And if you want to learn more about how you can become a classroom management pro, definitely check out the free classroom management challenge. It's a three-day challenge where I walk you through step-by-step -step how to better manage your classroom in just three days. As always, remember we are stronger together and I'll talk to you soon, teacher bestie. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you were able to take away some value that will help you thrive inside and out of the classroom. It would mean the world to me if you could take five seconds right now and leave a review on this podcast. And if you found this podcast especially helpful, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and tag me on your socials to let me know you're listening. As always, remember that we are stronger together with all the love in the world, Helena, aka the President. Teacher. See you next time, teacher bestie.